When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. Hawks lose 3-1 to the Winnipeg Jets, who they just can't seem to stop freaking playing. Mm. Ooh, Jay Zawoski and Mario Tirabasi here with you. Uh, yep, Hawks lose another one, and uh, I think I put out my tweet today uh, before the show that while it was a loss, there are some bright spots to talk about, um, but again, it's another of those gritty, hard-fought losses, yeah. one of those copy-and-paste <laughs> shows, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it's this, this team is who they are, and the results are following suit. Um, the, the, the Jets are a team that I think a lot of people uh, have been surprised by. I think at this point of the season now, <clears throat> most teams getting to or surpassing the 25-game mark, you're starting to realize uh, who who teams are, what their actually actual identity is. Um, and these are two teams going in opposite directions. The Jets yeah. are, are trending up. The Blackhawks are technically, you could say, trending down, but they've been down for a while, and they're supposed to be down here. And... This is just this is a team that doesn't have a ton of bright spots, but tonight um, Taylor Radish uh, ends the scoreless drought for the Blackhawks after being shut out in their last two games. So good for him. Uh, Philip Kershev got the assist on the Radish goal. He had a strong game. Arvid Soderblom, um, Doing you know, what he, can. he he can't score goals. He can only do his <laughs> best to stop goals. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's just, you know, there's, there's, there's little bits and pieces to, to like, and there's a lot that you just go, you know what, this team is just not good. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's following suit. So we're getting into December and then it'll be January and then it'll be February. And then we're just, we're just chugging along. The tank is, is chugging along. That's what it is. It's just plowing through uh, the village and <laughs> <laughs> leaving very few survivors uh, yeah. as it rolls through. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, by the way, if you haven't been paying attention, first place in the uh, Central Division. Uh, they are two points up on Dallas uh, with Impressive. a game, with a fewer one fewer game played. And this is kind of what people have expected from the Jets for a few years here. Yeah. And they're finally starting to put it all together. Um, Hellebuck didn't play tonight. Uh, Riddick played, but uh, Hellebuck's one of the best goalies in the game. And you look at the Jets, and they're big, and they're fast, and they're deep, and they're a team that should be contending every year. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of time, like for a few years, they were a sexy pick. And if anything, they fell short of expectations, and I think yeah. underachieved. Now, they're. I think I don't think they're overachieving. I think they're playing to their potential. And Rick Bonus is doing a great job as their head coach, uh, getting them ready to play. They have been. The Hawks' toughest opponent all year. Yeah. They have completely had. What is it? It is it. Uh, Fourteen o- to three. Zero and three is the series. To- yeah, I think so. That sounds. That sounds right. Might yeah. be fourteen to four. I can't. Yeah, it's something it, like math. completely but lopsided. Yeah, it's, it's it's not close. And again, like the Hawks did some good things in this game, but like it, like we say all the time, it's really hard to muster up anger when it's just a matter of talent mm-hmm. and we were talking as the show began um looking at some of the way some of the hawks performances and the lowest scored player on the blackhawks tonight was patrick kane and we did our uh mid-season awards and uh was it you or greg that voted for kane as most disappointing that'd be me that was you and, and you know what I, I think like you said we're at the we're at the 26 game mark now yeah, 26 was it and you're starting to see a trend, and he's not a factor. He can have all these shots on goal, but yeah. very few high-danger chances for Patrick Kane. You really don't notice him unless you're looking for, like you see him with the puck and you start to get your hopes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, six shots on goal, that's great. Led the Hawks by a wide margin, but were any of them really 
There Difficult were saves. Or I think maybe one I, or two. I think he had. Shots. I think he had two really good looks. Um, trying to go like short. I, I believe it was short side on uh, on, on Riddich, like high corner short side. That I think one hit the post, one hit Riddich right in the side of the face. Um, but I mean, it's those are those are shots and 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 openings that only players like Patrick Kane can try and go for. Sure. And even in those, even in those. Uh, opportunities they're not falling and I don't know if it's if it's snake bitten or if it's actually me I don't want to say he's lost anything but you start you start to wonder a little bit you start to wonder where where his game is at now as he as he's progressing in his career and you know as we as we talk continuously about whether or not he will or won't be traded does or does not want to be traded whatever we always say like okay well you know the the points in production aren't to the level of Patrick Kane uh that we expect but if he is traded to team XYZ oh well he'll be surrounded by better players his 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 play will will elevate Uh, maybe I'm starting to a little bit of doubt is starting to creep in on that and I, I I wonder if other teams around the league other GMs around the league notice that it's interesting because I think the question becomes, is he losing ability or is he getting frustrated? Right. Yeah. And I think you could prob if I had to bet, like, let's say this, like, let's say Patrick Kane, all the rumors come true and he gets traded to the Rangers. Sure. Do you think him on the Rangers is going to be this or Colorado, another team that's been in a conversation do you think you're going to see the same performance from him in those places? I don't think so. Probably not. I, I really think it is a he's frustrated. He is missing the guys he's always had with him, be it Panarin, be it Debrinkit, to finish what he starts. Look, the Hawks don't have any finishers on their team. No. Aside from Patrick Kane. And he can't pass to himself. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and I want to be I want to be clear. I'm not blaming Patrick Kane. For no, what's happening with the Hawks at all. But when you're struggling and when the offense is not do, performing as you want, you want your best players to be the guys that kind of pull you out of that slump. Mm-hmm. And he's not been able to do it. Taves hasn't been able to do it. And when your two best offensive players are Taylor Radish and Philip Kurashev, love those guys. They both play hard. They're both nice players, but they can't be your two biggest offensive threats. Right, yeah. That, that just simply can't happen won't get you anywhere yeah yeah i mean yeah i i think there is something to you know this this is the most losing and the most um bleak i guess you could say from a player's perspective of a season that jonathan taze and patrick kane have gone through in their end in their nhl career definitely even when their their rookie season they just missed the playoffs like and and they were they were playing at a high level and they were playing on a team that was ready to take the next step in contending yes this is the complete opposite this is a team taking the first step in being awful and they're experiencing that and yeah i i think it's very you know it, it is very fair to say that that's probably weighing on both those players but probably on Patrick Kane the most because I think, you know, with Taze, the expectations for him weren't that high based off of what happened last year with him with coming back from missing uh, the entire 2021 season. Um, but for Kane, you know, I mean, he, he had the third best season of his career as far as points go last season on a bad Blackhawks team. Mm-hmm. And I think expectations were still like, yeah, this team's going to be bad, but he's still going to get his points. He's not getting his points. And like you said, like he's not playing with close to equal or, you know, some may argue Panarin's better uh, at this point yeah, in his I career now. Point, could, yeah, I think that, that and that's a fair argument. Um, he's not playing with guys at that level that that he has in the past. So it's it's really hard. And and I think, you know, there there are some players that you just plug them in to any roster and they're gonna get their points. And I think this season we're really, you know, seeing that Patrick Kane is still a great he's he's still a great player. He still can do things on the ice that most other players in the NHL can't do. But uh, the 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 core of his game is setting up others in ways that other people can't 
get yes. the puck to a shooter. And like you said, like if you don't have someone who on the other end of those passes who can finish those those chances, they're they're going to go by the wayside. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's got to be frustrating for Kane. And you could see, I mean, look, he's never been shy about his body language on the ice. And when he's frustrated, you can see it. Yeah. And I think you are seeing him frustrated. And it's it's really, I mean, you can understand it. I know we want to say, like, you make $10.5 million and you're wearing an A on your sweater and bootstraps and all those things. But well, that's what people say about Seth Jones. They're not. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> we're, he's just not used to it. I, I even heard Justin Fields say the other day, that he's not used to losing. It's a guy who's won at every level he's ever played in. Yeah, it's true. And it's frustrating to experience something you've never experienced before. And, and you're right about their rookie year. Yeah, they just missed the playoffs. But you can see these young guys getting together, being excited about the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Right now, the end of the tunnel for Patrick Kane is another team. Right. I, you know what I mean? It's, it's tough for him to... So maybe his light at the end of the tunnel is getting traded. And and yeah. that's t- it's tough. It's it's a, and I think part of him is probably a little bit sad about that potential. You know, you've got visions as you're winning Stanley Cups of and having parades and all mm-hmm. these things are happening, and you're having this wonderful career in Chicago that it's just going to be that way until you retire, and you're going to ride off into the sunset. Your statue's going to go up, your number's going to go up, and it's going to be great. He probably didn't expect this, and while yeah, you no. can predict a drop-off I don't think he ever predicted or any of us really predicted that this quickly after Stanley Cup what seven years that they would be the worst team in hockey yeah they're right on the verge of being yeah and I mean it was you know a a few years after that that 2015 Cup where they were still in contention um, and the the expectation was to still be in contention. That may have been smoke and mirrors, but even still, you know, with those teams, it, it was the narrative that, well, you still have Taze and Kane and Keith and Seabrook. And, you know, for, for a few years after 2015, you still had Marion Hosa. And, and, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, you have all these guys here. They still can, can, you know, drag teams into the postseason, And that just ended up not being the case. And, and, and yeah, I think there's, I think there's something to the the maybe shock of the realization of how bad this season is is going for Patrick Kane, both you know just from a personal production standpoint, but also from just team wins and losses, uh, and also you know not knowing how to how to deal with that. Last year, we heard Jonathan Taze at the end of last season saying like, "I don't know how to be a captain on on a." tanking team or I don't know how to how to lead a team that's supposed to lose or what or uh, or anything like that and you know we we harped on him pretty hard for for that um but I think there is some truth to that because he had he had never been in that in that kind of uh realm before and and Patrick Kane the same way hasn't been the star player on a terrible team before so yeah I, I think that there's there's a lot that goes into that and um you know, if, if if you listen to the the thirty two thought latest thirty two thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, um, Elliot Friedman was kind of spitballing about you know maybe Patrick Kane is not thinking about being traded and and not wanting to move at the trade deadline and then move to a another team in free agency. Is he still contemplating the 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 records for Stan Makita? Which he said he wasn't. Which he said, yeah. Which but, he he kind of has come out and said that's not really something I'm thinking about. But but Kane is 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 not said one way or the other. He is he's kept a very hard line about, you know, I'm 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 taking it one day at a time. I'm not thinking about trades or, you know, anything beyond this season or anything like that. Just trying to focus on this season. He has really kept at that, and, you know, I. I He's done a really good job of that, but I wonder how long that that lasts. And you know, there there's uh, there's potential for him to maybe say, you know what, I don't want to leave Chicago before I have to, so we'll ride out this season and then hit the market in the summer. Um, there could be some truth to that. I, I I don't I don't know. It's it's all speculation until um, either one of Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane say 
that they want to be traded. Yeah, and you sort of mentioned, like, I wonder if this lowers his trade value at all. I don't, I think I don't think so. I think teams are looking at the reality of this and looking at the roster and looking at who he's playing with and saying, what do you want the guy to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's tough, and, and we've been talking about, you know, getting Lucas Reichel up here and how it might be beneficial for him to get a couple games with Kane and Taves. Maybe it just gives them an option to have someone that can score on his wing. Mm-hmm. He, uh, someone in the chat said he's missing that right-handed shot winger. Uh, Reichel is left-handed, so that doesn't really solve that problem too much. No. But it's a guy that can score. I don't know. I. <laughs> it's so tough because the goal here is to do what ex- exactly what's happening. Yeah, you know, Kyle Davidson didn't build this team to have them win. That's clear. But at the same time, for the good of the guys that are here and the guys that are out there, you know, giving everything they can every night, which I think for the most part guys are doing, at some point you got to throw them a bone a little bit mm-hmm. and say, look, like, we get it. We didn't put you in the best situation here, but we're going to at least try to fix something to make it a little bit better because mm-hmm. every night, like as soon as they got down two goals, the game was over. Yeah, you, you know, didn't, you didn't expect a, a, a two goal comeback. Yeah, and there's just no one who's gonna will you to that victory anymore. Like the hot streak of Jason Dickinson and Sam Lafferty are long <laughs> over. You know, there's just no even Taze has cooled off too. Yeah, extremely. It's, it, it's it's tough, and I I feel for these guys. And when I said there's bright spots, that's kind of what I want to get to next because um, I do think when you look at the whole of what's happening here. There are a lot of guys in an entire team, really, that could just say, F this. I'm just going to play it 75%. I'm not going to get myself hurt and uh, just call it a day. But uh, guys are not doing that, and I I think they deserve some praise for that. But first, we want to tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm -hmm. Light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just 5 bucks pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. I just missed mine today. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I had the Jets scoring first. Got it. The Jets leading after the first. Got it. Blake Wheeler to score a goal. And Pierre-Luc Dubois to score a goal, and he did Mm. not. He was on the ice with the empty net. Five bucks would have won me $60. If that bet hit, so I just missed it with the Pierre-Luc Dubois. But that is the fun of those same-game parlays. You hit one of those, and you're you're sitting pretty for a long time. That is my favorite way to play at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you do hit one of those same game parlays and cash in your big old betting ticket, you can cash that in and use it on some game tickets with the Game Time app, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows, any event you ever wanted to go to. Game time can get you the best deal. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line at the Bears game or courtside for a Bulls game or right on the glass for a Hawks game with game time? You can make it possible. It's the biggest. It's the app with the biggest last-minute price drops that can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. Uh, I know uh, Blackhawks fans, if you are – Still making it out to the game. It's still a good atmosphere at the United yeah. Center, even though the action on the ice usually leaves you uh, disappointed. But, you know, come out to a Blackhawks game. With game with the Game Time app, you're going to find great deals uh, on tickets to those games. Uh, after tonight, the next home game is on Tuesday night. That is against the Washington Capitals. And Alex Ovechkin, who is chasing... Uh, the goal-scoring record of Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. He had another empty netter tonight. That is now 796, I believe, if my uh, memory serves me right. 796 for I can't believe Ovechkin. he's going to pass Gretzky. He probably will. I think he's going to. 
That's probably will. a record I never thought would fall. <laughs> it won't pass them in points though, but goals. No. Yes. Uh, that's that, that looks in sight, but uh, the, the Capitals play on Sunday night against these same Winnipeg Jets that the Blackhawks just played. So that's another game for Ovechkin to play before he comes to town on Tuesday. There is a chance he could reach 800 at the United Center. Yeah. And uh, last uh, I checked, about $15 gets you in the door using the Game Time app. Not a bad deal to oh, try. Oh, it's gone up. Oh, it's $16. $16. Ah, uh, too rich for my blood. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, use the Game Time app, and you can see the grade eight uh, in town against the Blackhawks uh, as he continues to chase the record. And if you love CHGL, you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats to all of your favorite events. Uh, my favorite Gretzky fact, by the way, most people know this, but in case you don't, uh, Wayne Gretzky is hockey's all-time leading goal scorer, yes. as you know. He is also, obviously, hockey's all-time winning scorer. Points. If you take away all of his goals, he is still the all-time winning scorer. It's insane. That's one of my favorite stats. I don't. When you talk about dominant athletes, I think that is like the argument ender. Oh, for sure. Uh, if you yeah. take away all of his goals, which, are, which make an NHL record, he <laughs> is still the NHL's all-time winning scorer. Like, not even in basketball can you be like, well, if you take away... LeBron James's three-point shots, he's still going to be the... No, like, it's it's not going to... That's not going to be the case. It's Gretzky is just absolutely in a class by himself. And yeah, was he in a an era where some of the guys that, <laughs> that he played against, some of the goaltenders he played against uh, were, you know, not up to today's standards? Sure. Yeah. But if you dropped him in today's game, he would still be... Elite. Elite of the elite. Yes. So it's 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 definitely one of those things where it's not like, oh, well, he just played against a bunch of plumbers. Like, he was playing in a, in a, in a big era. Well, and guess what? A lot of people were playing in that era, too. Yeah. There were other guys that, that couldn't do what he was doing. Yeah. I heard him on the Smartless podcast. Uh, I love that podcast because Will Arnett, Canadian hockey player, always puts hockey guys on. He had mm -hmm. Gretzky on. He had Shanahan on, some others. Nice. But they asked Gretzky, like, what was it about you – that made you so much better than everybody. And he said, <laughs> I had, I was small. He grew up as like a 12 year old playing against 16 year olds. So he was always the smallest kid on the ice. Mm -hmm. So he had to be smarter than everybody. And he had to learn where the puck was going to go before it got there. And that was his thing is like, he just had this second nature knack of knowing, okay, it's working its way around the boards. It's going to go here, here. I better go here because mm -hmm. it's going to it's going to get there or it's going to be there for me. And he could just do that better than anybody. Also, he was a sniper. Also, yeah. he was a fantastic passer and all those things. But the, the mental side of the game uh, was huge for him. All right, a couple of things I want to get to in the comments. Uh, I, I'm sorry I saw someone early on said that Seth Jones was missing in action. Uh, I'm going to take issue with that. Seth Jones played 26-08 in this game stopped a, a couple uh, goals from happening mm -hmm. where there were a net front scrambles and he tied up sticks and did all those things. Uh, he had two shots on goal. Uh, he had a hit. He had a takeaway. He had a block shot. He was doing Seth Jones things. And is he perfect? No. We, that ship has sailed. But to call him a, a non-factor is, is a little bit odd. You got you to watch the game closely because there's so many little things that he does um, that don't show up on a stat sheet. And he's, on his own, stopped at least two Winnipeg goals from being scored in this game. So, And look, he's the only guy on your team that can really move the puck with any consistency. So I thought I thought he was fine in this one. Yeah. Not great, but fine. For, yeah. I Look, the people who hate on Seth Jones, I'm, I'm watching the same games you guys are. I'm seeing the same things you are negatively. Like, there are a lot of things that... Seth Jones could be doing um, better, but there's also a lot of things that no one else on this team is going to do that he can do. Yeah, and I, I think if you if you look at how the team played when he was gone, and how inept they were on the blue line, like yeah, adding him in does he make you defensively better? <sighs> Not really, but offensively, where this team is terrible, does he is he a plus? offensively yes he is yeah so look like i don't know i'm just getting 
it's 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 fatigue to have to defend Jones when well it's night it's, after night. I mean, and it's, it's it's and I'm not I'm not trying to say like Seth Jones is a Norris candidate. Why don't you people not. believe me? Like, no, he's of not. not. But he's a guy that can be a number one on most NHL teams, and he's playing in a he's playing as the only offensive uh, option on this on this Blackhawks team. Like your other offensive options are Caleb Jones, Philip Roos, and Ian Mitchell, who have all either been scratched or in Rockford this season. Right. So what do you what what else yeah, can he I, do? I, I you know someone in the chat said I that predictably I'm saying that Seth Jones is amazing. I've I've never said Seth Jones is amazing. It's Nicholas there at the bottom. I I've sure. never I've never I've never called Seth Jones amazing. I've never said he's a Norris candidate. I just think it's really tired and lazy. To see a guy who plays twenty six minutes at all strengths prevents two goals from being scored, and, and they and you say he's missing an action. It's just not. It's yeah. just not. It's not reality. He is a a below average number one. Yeah. Right. He's in a a very good number two. Yeah. Probably like on a cup contender, an elite number three maybe. Yes, the guy before traded too much to get him, and paid him probably a million dollars more than he's worth, but it's done. What's done is done. You can't. I just. Someone has to be the scapegoat here, and if for it to be Seth Jones, if it's not Seth Jones, it's Caleb Jones, who's like, playing his ass off, the hell do, doing like, the best the hell he can. Do you want these guys to do. I. I don't know. I. It's just. There's it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's weird. If anything, there's there's other players on this team that are underperforming and do not get the hate sure. that Seth Jones does, and it comes with the contract. I get that. It does. I get it. It does, but it's like. <laughs> like we say on this show often, it's not your money. <laughs> right? Don't, I, like, don't, no, I, I don't know. worry about it. And like, I, you know, it's, I, I get, I get that he should that he should be held to a higher standard, yeah. because of his salary. I think that I think that's true. But I feel like what happens with Seth Jones is, unless he is basically perfect during the course of a game, he's ridiculed. Yeah, he he is what he is. Even right? on good nights. Yeah, it's it's just I don't know. I I just get tired of it being the same. Hatred for him. And look, two or three games ago, we had a terrible game. Yeah. And we said so. I said so. It's it's not I'm not on the Seth Jones payroll. I just I just want I just want it to be to be fair. And I feel like it's yeah. been pretty unfair to him since he got here. That's all. I think I think that that's I think that's fair. I think there's an there's enough people on the interwebs that that point out all of the microcosm small small things and blow them up that like you know we get it we've heard it but like let's let's all give him credit for what he's trying to yeah. do trying to accomplish <laughs> on this team in this in, in this roster so there's a play tonight Seth Jones is at the Hawks blue line and whoever the left winger was sends a pass back to him but it's like shin high between his legs and he tries to like oh god like tries to bat it out of the air he's got two jets on him and it's like, crap, of course the puck gets away from him. He skates back and prevents a scoring chance. People are going to look at that as a Seth Jones turnover. It's a hand grenade at his feet. Yeah. And he's got two guys coming at him. What can he do? That's, and I think it's, it's too – he has got this microscope on him because of the trade, because of the contract, mm -hmm. and all those things where every mistake he makes is, you know, overanalyzed. you gotta, you got to look at – the totality of the play and what's happening. And again, he makes plenty of mistakes every night. Again, he's overpaid. They gave up too much to get him. When you see Dougie Hamilton doing what he's doing in New Jersey, he who shall not be named could have had him for just the contract without the trade, right? And yeah. that's I know that's frustrating, but it's over. So all I'm saying is let's look at Seth Jones in a fair way. Yeah, that's it. I, I he's he is imperfect, but for a guy to play twenty six minutes, you and and finished even in a game you lost. I don't know. I I, I just find it hard to say. Yeah, he was terrible or he was missing an action. That's I just, I just think that's unfair. That's all. Ryan in the chat says Seth Jones reminds me a lot of Seabrook. To be honest, the difference is Seabrook was on elite teams where he had elite players around him. Yep. The, that's that's very well put, Ryan. The the contract is what people are pissed about, and it translates to oh, he didn't score four goals tonight, so he's a chud. Like let's 
I don't know. I just it's it, verified chud wax. It, it, yeah, it, it 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 is what it is, and and I think there's, you know, you 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 try and not be bothered by the losses, knowing that this season is a tank season. So you got to be bothered by something, I guess. I, I guess know. so. Anyway, it's, it's more it's more Seth Jones bothersome talk than I was expecting but yeah, yeah i no, mean no it's doubt, no but he, he he was was he the first star tonight for the blackhawks no he no. wasn't nope but it's there there there's more things that he does that are meaningful to the team than times where he puts them in a hole yeah absolutely uh two other guys who we focused on tonight uh actually three jared tenorti returned to the lineup unexpectedly then i don't we got to find out what happened when greg joins us here in a bit we'll we'll probably find out um Played a shift, and then there was blood all over the ice that they had to clean up. Mm-hmm. And then Tornady came out in a second period with a full face shield. So don't know if he got caught up or if something maybe broke. I it was don't know. A, if it was a puck or a yeah, stick something. caught I, I didn't But for him to miss almost the entirety of the first? Yeah, he had to get probably some x-rays or maybe some stitches or something. Well, yeah, because they had to you know, they had to get the blood off the ice. So he had to get probably some, some stitch work done. And I don't know, maybe he lost a tooth or something. Yeah. Uh, so we'll find we'll out about that. See what happens, he, he, was, yeah. he was fine when he played. Not He didn't play too much, uh, considering he missed an just, entire period. But period. looked solid for a guy who we didn't really think was going to play uh, until the game began. 10-46. Mm-hmm. He was a plus one, actually, with three hits. <laughs> That's you your Jared Tenorti game. Uh, Sam Lafferty returned to the lineup, and I had him the other night as my most disappointing player. Uh, only 13 minutes in this one. You can see the speed he brings. He was playing with that speed think maybe still a little bit tentative because of the back, but um, they're a much faster team, and I, I will say a better team when Sam Lafferty is uh, is on the ice. So hopefully as he kind of gets uh, his groove back uh, like Stella, he can uh, <laughs> kind of find his game again because he did kind of drop off after that hot start. Um, so good to have him back. He's definitely one of the better players on that bottom six. Yeah, That's for sure. Today he's centered – uh, the the fourth line and won five faceoffs and lost one, so That's effective at the dot. So uh, welcome back, Sam Lafferty. Couple, and the other uh, guy, couple people in the chat here saying that uh, it was pointed out on the broadcast that we we missed it since we were at the UC. Uh, pointed out on the broadcast that a skate was what caught Tenorti. So yeah, eesh. Well, That's good no good. That, good that he came back. So it was a, like, that was maybe the first whistle of the game or something. Yeah, it was like brought out the scrapers, not and the even and. Not even two full minutes in, and then it was this, like, extra-long delay. And yeah. uh, what did you think of Ian Mitchell's game tonight? Um, Minus two, 15-32. Yeah. Uh, one shot attempt and a giveaway. I think, you know, I, I think there were a few times where offensively he was uh, a little bit mo- more noticeable, um, taking taking some chances to, to kind of pinch in and, and keep pucks in the zone, which I thought was good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, being a minus two, it's 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 rough. He's he's a guy that's that's trying to you know stick in stick in the uh, in, in the lineup stick in the NHL. Um, I think you know he was a little bit more noticeable. I, I originally uh, you know looked like he was going to be with with McCabe and then Mc, you know McCabe and Mitchell uh, and the, the the defensive pairings got jumbled up obviously with with Tenardi yeah, being out. Um, but even into the third into the second and third periods, the defensive pairings were were, were kind of all jumbled up. So. I don't know if Richardson was just trying to see what's you know throwing a couple things at the wall, see what sticks. But yeah, you know, I, I think Mitchell Mitchell did okay. Uh, I I don't think he did a lot that, at least for me, didn't do a lot that was just like well sit him or yeah. set him down. Like you know, I, I think there's probably still some flexibility with with the defensive side of things to get to give him a you know another game or two with I hope the, so. the rotation of of Jones and Roos and and himself. So I I, I still think it's too it's too early in him being up to I think make a definitive uh you know make a definitive point about you know where where he goes Rockford Chicago or trade um but we're getting to a point where I think the Blackhawks kind of have to make a decision about what is Caleb Jones what is Ian Mitchell what is Philip Roos and what are their futures because all three of them none of they're all kind of neck and neck none of them have, have have stood out enough um but i think ian mitchell should should get at least a, a little bit more of an opportunity to to do that and if, and if he takes it great if he doesn't you got to figure something out with him i did my best to focus on him uh when he was on the ice and it's tough and during the course of a game you know to to focus on one guy but 
you can see the offensive ability. You can see the puck movement. You can see um, it feels like the hockey sense is there. The Perfetti goal, the first goal of the game, uh, Mitchell's got to be physical on that one. Perfetti yeah. just kind of walked around him, and that was it, and he kind of gave a half-hearted poke check at it. And I think part of that can be, you know, not feeling totally confident in your game, trying not to make a mistake, trying not to overcommit. It's like what Luke Richardson said the other day that I like so much is when you're in the NHL, you're an NHL player. Act like it, right? Play your game. Do what mm-hmm. got you here. Um, I would like to see him. I'm not. He's never going to be a Jared Tenorti, Jake McCabe, knock you on your ass type of defenseman. No. But at least use your body to get in the skater's way instead of just poke it away because Perfetti made it look easy on that one. Yeah, and um, Perfetti's not that physically imposing for an NHL player. No, so not that's at a guy all. that Ian Mitchell could, you know, equal equal up physically. Yeah, um, but you can see the puck movement. You can see the offensive game, and because the Hawks lack that so much, I'd like to see him uh, get an extended look. And I don't know who has to sit, but he played fifteen thirty-two in this one, uh, including uh, two oh five on the power play. So he got a lot of power play time and yeah. looked okay. I don't think he did anything to warrant getting benched by any means. So give him a few more games, see what happens. And I know that you know. Luke likes to rotate and not keep guys sitting too long. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I feel like a rotation is probably inevitable. Yeah. It'll probably, I feel like it's just with these, with these three, it just seems like what they, what they finished last season with, um, where it was, you know, Stillman and Caleb Jones and, um, who was he rotating with? I don't even remember. Blocked it out. But anyways, <laughs> it just seems like it's going to be just a continuous rotation until, until one of them either stands out enough to where it's just like, all right, he is our sixth defenseman and, and we're, we're rolling with him. Or one of them plays so poorly that it's just like, all right, kick him down to Rockford or, or see what, see what happens. Uh, it hasn't from, been either. There. Well, the well, yeah, well, Mitchell's gone back and forth a little bit. Um, I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to ever send Caleb Jones to Rockford. Um, and if you send Roos down, he's and if you send Roos down, there's an opportunity oh, yeah, for his his Swedish club to say, "Well, we would like him back, please." Um, so yeah, I, I think that that probably plays into the uh, plays into that as well. So I don't know. I I do wonder though if at some point um, the Blackhawks entertain the idea of moving one of Caleb Jones or Ian Mitchell because they're both on expiring contracts. Um, if if neither of them steps up and 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 solidifies their their spot on the roster, do you really see them as part of the future? I don't know. No. Um, I hate I'd hate to to punt on Ian Mitchell still yeah, at, at twenty three years old. I would but say he's I don't got know. more potential to be a future hawk than Caleb does. Right. Yeah. So if you and I think Caleb's got a little more NHL. I don't think he has, so. He I know has so. more NHL. He's got more NHL experience. experience. Yeah. So it might have a little more trade value to a team that's trying to add some depth. How much? Who knows? Right. It could be a future considerations thing. But, look, it wouldn't shock me with Tenorti coming off IR today if Ian Mitchell is sent down tomorrow morning. Right. That, that could very well happen. Yeah. So um, it's just, yeah, I, I just, it's tough. It sucks so bad for him that he got hit hurt before camp. Yeah. Because it was, was such an opportunity for him to earn a spot and because he was so good in Rockford last year. Mm-hmm. He was a big contributor. Yeah, uh, yeah I would have, would have, would have. No, I was just, I was just going to reiterate. I would have loved to have seen him at the start of the season when this team had a little bit more of that energy of like we're going to show you guys, and and they did for yeah. a few weeks, and then you know now it's kind of regressed back and fizzled out, and that's kind of when he jumped into the lineup when when that uh, that 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 steam had all worn off, but. Um, yeah, the situation that we're in. We got a comment from Manoroids just rage in the chat, and he says, "I just hate that none of these prospects are standing out that the Hawks are eventually going to rely on." I would say none of them are here. Yeah, and in Chicago, I mean, even if you look at Rockford, Reichel, Reichel definitely is Phillips. Isaac Phillips definitely is. He had another uh, uh, assist tonight. Um, who else? Who else do you say? When they're ready to compete again, 
that's playing in Rockford or Chicago will be here again. We'll be here. I think there's a case you can make for Philip Kurishev. Yes, who I agree. Is, uh, who is effective tonight again? Um, Radish is making his case. Yeah, if you want to, if you if you if he could be like maybe a, a bottom six scoring option, like a third line scoring option, that that would be good. Um, Reichel, I think, is what, like like we said on on the last show. Um, I think when he f- when he gets the definitive you are now in the NHL call up, um, I think we'll see a little bit of a boost in his confidence, and that should translate on the ice. Um, Isaac Phillips, I think, has a really good shot uh, of doing that defensively. Um, I, I I don't count out Alec Regula or Alex Vlasic yeah. potentially having you know maybe a, a, a bottom pairing uh, role. You know, two guys that have that have size that can skate well for their size. Um, Soderblom, I think, is is going to be one of the goalies when this team is ready to to compete again. Um, other than that, I don't have a great feeling about Josiah Slavin. Like maybe, but maybe not. Um, I don't. You know, as far as the rest of the prospects go, Jakob Galvis, maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I think that, I think the guys that you're looking at that are like, okay, when they're, that when they're contenders, they're going to be here. I think the guys that you're really banking on are, uh, Korchinski, yeah. Del Mastro, um, potentially Nolan Allen, Nazar, Nazar. You, you really hope so. Uh, Sam Renzel, maybe Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard or Adam <laughs> Fantilli or whoever they draft, uh, this, you know, this summer. Um, I think those are the guys you're, you're, you're really banking on, um, and besides, and besides that, I mean, it's it's all guys that, you know, could have have some roles. But I, I think the ones that you're really banking on, uh, there's a handful of them, which is good. It's a good start to a rebuild to have a handful of guys you can point at and say, okay, I see the future here with these guys. And this summer's draft, I think, is going to 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 yeah. just kind of cycle in another two or three or four of those guys, which would be great. Uh, Nate has a good point. He says, let's be honest about the Hawks prospects at the NHL and AHL level. The reason the Hawks system rank jumped was because of this year's draft class. Otherwise, they were bottom third. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. And that that has to go back to the previous regime who was going year to year, right? Like, let's just try to get what we can out of this core and what remains of the core and try mm-hmm. to keep winning and didn't really prioritize development. They rushed the good prospects that they drafted from Yoka Haru to Boquist to Doc. Even Ian Mitchell. Ian Mitchell. Yes, Ian Mitchell, what was that, three years ago? Yeah. Started the season here. Mm-hmm. And was like, oh, yeah, he could be a second-pairing guy. Like, th- th- it and, is the... And he, he wasn't ready. No. And now almost all of them are gone, right? right yeah. So it's... That's it. The guys that were going to get you to that next generation have been traded. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the very frustrating part. Greg Boyson is set to join us from the United Center here in moments. Uh, but first, Mario's going to tell you yeah, about I'll, pins and aces. I'll tell you guys about pins and aces for all you golf and polo uh, wearing fans out there. Pins and aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. They're also the presenting sponsor of the Big Drive Energy Podcast on the All City Network. And they make the most amazing polos, hats, golf bags uh, out there, out on the golf courses. And, of course, the fan favorite beer sleeve, the product that allows you to store up to seven of your favorite beers right inside of your golf bag and keep those drinks cold the entire round. It is the holiday season, and uh, we just do have just about uh, 17, today, oh, wait, today's the ninth, just about... 15 days left in the uh, holiday shopping uh, season. Uh, be sure to to uh, get the golfer in your life uh, decked out in the best gear possible. Do that by going to pinsandaces.com and filling up that online shopping cart. And when you do, go to checkout, use the promo code CHGO, and you're going to receive 15% off of your first order, and you're going to get free shipping on that order again that is pinsandaces.com. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. And we just got our pairs of Shady Rays in to the office. We'd paste mm-hmm. a big order as a company. And, uh, man, they are sweet. 
Very nice sunglasses. I heard Greg was hyping them up before I saw them, and, you know, Greg wouldn't sell you anything that's not true. That's true. But the quality of these glasses are insane, and you would think with such high quality they'd be really expensive. Nope. Shady Race never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall or winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Their premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. That snow, when it comes, and it's coming, it, can't, it is it, real it was, bright, and snow blindness is real. It put a blanket down in, uh, in my neighborhood. Yeah, get yourself a pair of Shady Rays. Because guess what? If you, they, you're snow blowing the lawn and they fall off your face and they get caught up in the snow blower, don't worry. Shady Rays has your back. If you lose them, if you break them, they will send you a new pair, no questions asked. Even on that strong of a protection plan, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you, holding in my hand, they seem just as good as any expensive pair of sunglasses I've ever owned. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews that's over a million stars my friends and exclusively for our listeners shady rays is running their deepest deal of the season use code chgo for 50 percent off two or more pairs at shadyrays.com that's buy one get one free you can get two pairs for as low as 54 dollars redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades and they've got if you know a skier in your life or you're a skier, they've got the ski goggles, mm-hmm. all sort of stuff. Stock up for the holidays, save money, and win uh, Christmas or whatever holidays you celebrate yeah. uh, at ShadyRays.com with that code CHGO. All right, let's go out to the United Center and bring in our buddy, our pal, Greg Boyson. What's up, Greg? Hello, boys. Um didn't think I was going to make it before the show was going to be over. Yeah, yeah what, what, uh, happened? What, what happened with the delay? Uh, Luke uh, had some stuff and things he needed to settle before uh, meeting with us chums from the media. Uh, he was asked about it, Phil Thompson, always ready to ask the hard questions. questions. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, jo- we were joking. Maybe they're having a coaches only meeting, but uh, no, he had to, uh, he was checking in on some injuries, uh, Jared Norty, and uh, he also said he had to have a little chat with. Uh, Kyle Davidson for some roster moves coming. He mentioned the fact that they have a, a goalie on uh, in Jackson Stauber on emergency recall, and they can't send him back to Rockford until they have another goalie on the roster. They have to have two active goalies on the roster. So he said they had to discuss that situation. So, oh boy. And earlier today, he mentioned that Peter Morazic was actually closer to returning than uh alex Stalock was so uh okay we'll see how that works out so maybe they maybe they uh activate mrazic before tuesday or on tuesday and then just have him back up could be yeah Yeah, it's not a bad idea they're gonna have two or three days of practice before the next game so they can be a better idea you can always you know send stalber back activate mrazic and then if you have to recall him again sure you call but you can't send Stauber back without activating one of those guys to the roster. So that's hmm. what we were told. I'm laughing at No Roy's just rage says Mraz is closer to returning to pull his fourth groin. Ugh. Oh man. I think we need to actually get him a third and a fourth groin. It might <laughs> yeah. actually I'm not gonna donate mine. I need mine. Does Shady Groins have a BOGO program <laughs> that we can uh, hook him up with? Shady groins. Uh what happened to Jer- Jared Tenorti's face? Do we have any clarity on that? Uh, he took a skate to the chin, uh, according to, uh, paraphrasing Luke Richardson, it opened him up pretty well and he had to get layers of stitches. And the reason it took him to the second period to return is that's how long it took him to sew him up. Yikes. Oh my God. Layers of stitches? Layers of stitches. I believe I saw layers of stitches open for the counting crows back in 1998. (laughs) Good. I hope you got your money back. Uh, what do you think about the effort in this one? We, we were talking, uh, waiting for you. Another one of these classic Blackhawks, played hard, loved the game, those sort of things, but <laughs> fall short. But what did he, What did Luke think? But did they really play that hard? Neither Seth Jones nor Luke Richardson was happy with the first period. They said they just they weren't touching guys. They made it too easy for guys like Josh Morrissey. Uh, there was no uh, – 
you know, but the physicality they wanted to play with is it wasn't there in the first period. Both Jones and Richardson said it got better in the second, and then in the third it was there, but they were playing with desperation, falling behind again. You know, we've heard that a hundred times, and um, yeah, so. I don't think they were super happy with the start of the game. They said they were very slow. And it was hard to get into any kind of flow because that first period was like every six seconds there was a whistle. You know, Mm -hmm. 27 seconds into the game, you're spending three minutes scraping up the trail of lead Jared Tenorti led out out there. And then it seemed that there was an offside or or an icing or a goalie stoppage every five seconds. You know, that was – that was – Maybe the worst period of hockey I've watched all season, just for the fact that it just kept going. It was definitely yeah, a slog. But you can see there, there is uh, – maybe Luke didn't get to this specifically, but clearly in the second period there was an immediate response in a different field of the game. Things started getting physical quick. Uh, that uh, The Jack Johnson situation with uh, newly confirmed pug whack Axel Janssen Fjallby Great name, but a complete putt whack for pushing Jack Johnson's elderly head into the ice. That's elder abuse. You can't do that. Uh, and when you see Jack Johnson get pissed, you know you did something putt wackian. So, yeah, I uh, I said that in the press box. Like, man, you really have to screw up to get Jack Johnson, the nicest yeah, guy in hockey I've ever met, get that mad. He was furious. Yeah, yeah, he was bouncing his head off the ice. <laughs> Never want to goes around, goes around, comes around. Yeah. Uh, what was the, I guess, what was the, the, what did Seth Jones kind of have to say from, from, from his perspective of the game where, you know, he's, he just had another stereotypical Seth Jones kind of game where, you know, he's, he's trying to be one of the most offensive guys on the team. Uh, but then it's just, it's just not coming. This is the, this is the first goal that they've scored in the last three games. Uh, and it just seems like the the offense is just not there on a nightly basis. Yeah, he didn't really go into too many specifics about the offense. He was talking mostly about the the overall effort. Uh, but he did mention it's tough to when you're playing behind from behind and then you spend a lot of time defending. Like they didn't have enough time with the puck until midway through that second period. Things started to change a little bit. Um, he did say that, you know, eventually they, these, they have to start getting wins for Arvid Soderbloom, who just had another amazing game. I'm sure he's getting another CHGO award here if you haven't given it out already. Um, he, he just says, you know, Arvid, you know, we, we, we pat him on the back when he needs, you know, but he doesn't really need it. He's always calm. He's always even keeled but he he even admitted saying that like yeah we eventually we got to get this kid a win because he's doing everything he can to keep us in games and we just keep blowing it we can't score for him all right we are uh kind of short on time so let's get to our three stars of the game here four stars of the game sorry I'm, I'm i'm a star short <laughs> Three stars of the game in this one. Uh, number three was Adam Lowry from the Jets. He had a goal. Blake Wheeler, the number two star, a goal and six shots on goal. And Josh Morrissey, two more assists. He has 25 assists this season. Josh Morrissey is picking up those points. Yeah. Yeah, serious feels that way, doesn't it? I think he, he had six against the Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, seven now. Seven. God seven. dang. Yeah, he uh, back-to-back games between the Blackhawks and Jets at the United Center in which Josh Morrissey is the number one star. Good for him. Yep. Uh, my fourth star is going to Jake McCabe. That dude sacrificed his soul in this game, yeah. as he does all the time. Uh, he's credited with three block shots. I don't know if they stopped counting after one shift because there was one <laughs> shift where he got he blocked a shot from like a foot away and was clearly pained and stayed on the ice, kept killing the penalty, then later in the shift got hit again, another hard sh- another hard block shot. Uh, man, the more I watch this guy play and him finally looking like completely healthy, uh, considering he had spinal surgery a few mm-hmm. months ago, I freaking love Jake McCabe. And I was saying, uh, was it here I was saying? Yeah. yeah that, he, that if this team was more on the radar of Chicago – he would be a fan favorite, and we'd be seeing number six jerseys all over the United Center because yeah. the dude's an absolute badass. And when you talk about 
you know, uh, you know, the stereotypical Blackhawk, uh, Jake McCabe fits that bill, man. He is just a bad dude. Uh, he comes with bad intentions when the forwards come his way and just gives everything he has, every shift. I love Jake McCabe. He's my current favorite Blackhawk. 21-48, five hits, three block shots. He's my four-star. I think I claimed that in the first period, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you might as just leave, just might as well leave him up there. He's our CHGO four-star of the season um, yeah. just because. I'm, I'm giving my four-star to a guy that is uh, – slowly climbing up the rankings on the Blackhawks badass scale. And that's Reese Johnson. Uh, he didn't do anything that really sticks out on the score sheet, but in the second period, uh, Dylan DeMail took a little high hit on Colin Blackwell and Reese Johnson punched him in the skull repeatedly. Like didn't even think twice, just jumped on him. And that's twice in the last three games. He's gone out and defended his teammate. He's, he fought Casey Zizekas, uh, for, you know, a payback for taking out Alex Stalock. Alex Stalock said after morning skate yesterday that he really appreciated that happen. And I specifically asked Luke Richardson after the game tonight about Reese Johnson and plays like that. And if he was frustrated that they didn't get a power play out of that, that it all evened out. And uh, he said, you know what, Reese Johnson, we will take a power. We will give up a power play for Re- for Reese Johnson sticking up for a teammate every single time. And I actually said that Reese Johnson has the top compete level on the entire team. And it just, you know, it, it rubs off on his teammates. And so Reese Johnson for punching a guy in the head that took, tried to take advantage of your teammate gets my four star. Fair. Impressive. I, 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 in a game like this, that is just fine with me. Uh, my fourth, my four star of the night uh, goes to Arvid Soderbloom. Um, Soderbloom as people are still confused about Sutter the name. Um, Sutter Bloom. There he is. There uh, Bloom. He definitely deserves much better uh, as far as results go um, for the efforts that he is putting out uh, every night that he starts for the Blackhawks. Um, you know, he, he's he's just... It, it. Every time I watch him play, the more I'm convinced the more I am convinced he is the best goalie that they have right now. Yep. And the the weirder it's going to be when and if eventually both Pien Marazic and Alex Stalock are healthy and and back in the in the lineup, that it'll be like, all right, Arvid, go back to Rockford. It's just like it's just gonna be so weird to be like, well, he's the one that he's the best one. Yeah. But that's Why the plan. The here? plan was supposed to be for him to be in Rockford all season. Um so I give it to Arvid tonight. Um, you know, he he made some incredible saves. This game could have been another seven seven goal game for the Jets if it weren't for the the effort of of Soderbloom tonight. So, uh, gonna go uh, with with him. Couple saves with pizzazz too. Yeah, flashing the leather a little bit. I want to give an honorary four star to our guy Charlie the Bacon guy for uh, yeah. There you go. With these, <laughs> these sweet lids. Thanks, Charlie. Like I see you in the chat. This is going to come. This is going to be awesome walking through that empty parking lot mm-hmm. with the wind blowing in my face. This is going to keep me warm all the way back to the car here in a few minutes. So yeah. shout out to our guy, Charlie. I visited Charlie during the first intermission. And he had gifts for all of us. And as always, just reeking of bacon. Loved it. Just in the best way possible. All right. Uh, we got our four stars underway. Let's give our DraftKings king of the game. King of the game, and this one goes to Taylor Radish. A goal, a shot, that's 100% shooting, my friends. A takeaway, which he did before scoring a goal. All this happened in one play. (laughs) He's the king for this one play. Uh, I really think, though, that he's been playing pretty well lately. Mm -hmm. I really like his game. It's coming around. I think that line has found some chemistry, which I really like. Uh, so I, I Taylor Radish, DraftKings, king of the game. Use that code CHGO at DraftKings. Uh, do that. Use it. That's good for us when you do that sort of stuff. And, of course, before we wrap up, time for the tank standings. And it's a big night in the oh, tank yes. standing land. Yes, good tank standing. Yes, sir. It'll be the biggest night in the tank standing. All right, so here's here's the news, gang. The Blue Jackets beat the Flames 3-1. to one. Johnny Gaudreau Johnny gets Gaudreau's his revenge. revenge. The Coyotes <laughs> beat the Bruins... Four to three. The game-winning goal coming 13 seconds left in regulation. Yep. So there you go. 
And, of course, the Blackhawks lose. So let's take a look at the tank standings. I am late on that, guys. I'll have that in just a second. Oh, oh my goodness. My mistake. I thought I exported it. That's all right. We got a new feature we're going to do after the tank standings now, too. We're going to go to tankathon.com, and we're going to simulate. We're just going to hit the, the draft lottery simulator one time and see what happens. We can also, we can also say that the Sharks are beating the Ducks 4-1. to one. Yeah, the Sharks are up 4-1. So to the one, Ducks so will not leapfrog the ball. Keep that one in mind, too. And I, we, did, I did already put the, uh, the Sharks is winning this one. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Wow, they're going to be a, fair oh, here we go, here we go, guys. All right, here we go. So Anaheim, this is not the right one. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness! Oh, we're oh, struggling this. today. Oh man! Oh, amateur hour going on over here. No, it's cool. This is there's a to take people behind the scenes. Stephen has to do all this stuff as the show is happening, as games are ending, uh, back and forth. It's really a difficult uh, thing to do during the course of a game. So um, we we give uh, Stephen all the all the time he needs here. But. Um, there we go. This okay. is the one. No, there this, it is. This is, right. this is it. So Anaheim still leads the tank standings, but only by a single point. Single They've got point. 17 points in 28 games, 7, 18, and 3. God, with all that firepower, how is that possible? The Hawks currently second in the tank standings with 18 points in 26 games. They're 7, 15, and 4. Arizona, with the win, has 20 points. They're third. 18, thir- 8, 13, and 4 in 25 games. Columbus, they pick up their 20th point of the season tonight. 9, 15, and 2 in 26 games. And Ottawa, 22 points in 26 games. They're 10, 14, and 2. So there's your top five. Hawks, number two, and falling two. as we go here. So before we wrap the show up, we're going to call up live Tankathon on your screen. You can see it there. And we're going to simulate the draft lottery and see where the lottery balls fall. Ready, guys? Let's do it. Here we go. This is updated. All right. All right. Adam Fantilli is a Chicago Blackhawk. (laughs) Hey, that's a lot better than our test simulation we did before the (laughs) show, Greg. That's a bad one. Where the Washington Capitals got the number one overall (laughs) pick. Wouldn't that be rich? We have lost Greg. Oh, I think we lost Greg. Oh. But anyway, that's what they happened. They shut the power off. In the they easy. did. They, they <laughs> some plugged him. They turned off the Wi-Fi. Uh, so, yeah, we simulated before the show, and the Capitals got the Capitals number one jumped pick. up 11 spots, yeah. which I was just like, we, we said what, right when that happened, we were like, wait, isn't the rule this year where you can't win from, like, spot number 14, like, the, the oh, rule God. now? That's I don't know. I, thought. I have to go back and look at it. Well, but. Tankathon knows what they're doing. They've been doing it for years. But, yeah, uh, yeah this is a better outcome. Hawks pick second. San Jose gets the number one pick. Yeah. Fine. Be, uh, listen, being number two in this draft is is not the worst thing. Being number three might be. Speaking of that, if you missed yesterday's episode with Cam Robinson, go back and listen. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Cam is the video, video analyst for Elite Prospects and gave us the lowdown on Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkov, Leo Carlson, all the guys who are going to be in that realm for the Blackhawks made really good NHL comps for Bedard, NHL comps for Fantilli, both very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. It was terrific if you missed it. And it, uh, I, yeah, I love the I love the comment he made that said, you know, about the gap between Bedard and Fantilli. Like it's still clearly Connor Bedard's draft class. Like yeah. that that's not going to change. Um, but he said, like the team who drafts number two, which according to Tankathon tonight was the Blackhawks. He said they are you. That team is still getting a number one overall quality player. So if the Blackhawks finish with this, finish this season, and in the draft lottery get the number two pick, Adam Fantilli will be the best player that will come to the Blackhawks uh, system. And if Kane is gone at some point before the draft and the Blackhawks get Adam Fantilli, he may be the best player they have when the season starts. Yes. It'll be um, interesting to see. I'm looking uh, to find out where the Tampa pick would be. It would be 22nd right now. They have the 10th best record in the league. Not bad. So not bad. Not as uh, bad as it could have been. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I mean, um, if they, you know, if they end up going on a run, it gets lower in the first round. But what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, no Royce just rage has. Let's say the third overall pick team wants Fantilli and want to trade the Hawks for the second. Uh, no, I, I'm taking if I have the chance at Bedard, I'm taking Bedard. 
If if the Hawks have the second pick and it's Fantilli, I take Fantilli. Mm-hmm. I'm not trading down. Now, if they get three, maybe then you talk about trading down for like quick picks for a couple picks right after that. Maybe. I yeah. mean, like five and something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, well, not not trading. There would have down. to be a, there would have to be a team that has both of those picks. I don't. I don't. Without looking at it right now, I don't know if that's if that's a possibility. But yeah. Well, I, I mean, think, if, if the team I think with the fifth pick says we'll give you our fifth and our second. In a fir- in a first next year or something, yeah, something I would like that entertain happen. that. Yeah. Anyway, we got some time to think. Hopefully, about that. we don't have to be in that position. No, let's hope it's let's one or two and, one. and call it a day. All right, we're gonna wrap things up. Thanks for joining us here on a late night. We appreciate it. If on your way out, if you haven't done it yet, please smash that like button for us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And one final reminder: we've got our uh, Bulls takeover happening on December 16th. Tickets to the game against the New York Knickerbockers, pregame drinks and food at Crossroads on Madison, a free shuttle to and from the game. Go to allchgo.com to purchase your tickets. And as always, diehards save 20% on all CHGO events. So become a diehard at allchgo.com. For Greg Boyson, who's on his way home, and Mario, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.